Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Doc with Just Know Us. Just Know Us with Doc. Got him greasy. We got Christopher Thomas joining us. He is the producer and host of the Run It Back Sports Show. WJYN 98.5 Uptown Radio in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sports for the culture. Nice to have you on, man. It's a pleasure. Honor to have you come sit with us. Oh, no problem, no problem. So we got him greasy. That's my co-host, and we just want to jump right into it, my man. We're going to talk a little Philly sports. Shout out to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Got the Eagles, Philly uh, 76ers, and the Phillies. You know, me personally, I forget about the Flyers. Oh, the Flyers, too. Can't forget about the Flyers. Me, me personally, I grew up uh, watching Bobby Jones, Andrew Tony. Dr. J, Mo, mm -hmm. those guys. Uh, dad, my dad was a big 76ers fan. That's why I got the handle Doc. So I just wanted to ask you, man, what's, what was your first memory of, of, of actually being a Philadelphia fan fanatic? All right. Well, as far as as far as the Sixers go, uh, my dad took me to a game around back around 2000. So I was seven years old at the time. It was back when the Supersonics were still in Seattle. So. It was my one and only time seeing Iverson live and playing against Gary Payton. Granted, the team wasn't that good yet. Like, it still was like a year off before we went to the finals. But watching Iverson live was – that got me hooked on, on it, man. Like, and I can't tell you, man, in terms of cultural influence, very few people had the impact as Allen Iverson did, man. Because i telling you, everybody in the schoolyard had the Iverson sleeve. Everybody wanted the braids. Everybody want to do the crossover, man. And, like, listen, uh, ever since then, like, I, I've been hooked. Um, right. But, like, when, yeah, but after the day when he got traded back in 2006, man, a, a lot of people stopped being Sixer fans after that because a lot of people started following the Denver Nuggets because Iverson was the whole team. And when he, the compensation that we got back for him, it ended up being Thaddeus Young in a draft, you know, you know, forward from Georgia Tech and Andre Miller, a lot of people weren't having that because at that point, Andre Godala was our best player. And right. people was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going with, I'm going out west with Iverson and Mello. I'm not sticking here with Godala. Right, right. So a lot of people jump ship. Uh, my co-host, Marcus M. Grease, is actually a Lakers fan, so I'm pretty sure he well, took I, that. I, I, I know Chris go, I know he's going to hate me, but, uh, you know, uh, I've been a Laker fan for the longest, uh, and Magic has been one of my uh, most inspirational players uh, from a youth, whether it was the uh, Purple and Gold Converse or Purple and Gold Basketball. Uh, Magic as a rookie, 1980. Uh, as a rookie, uh, uh, Jabbar goes down, and he plays all five, and, and you know, a triple-double. But in that same year, 1980, it was this is the only city in professional sports the eagles well let's start with the sixers then the eagles then the phillies then the flyers this is the only team the only city in professional sports in one year had all uh four teams from the four major sports uh well a team from mm -hmm. each uh four of the major sports make the championship now did they win that's mm -hmm. <laughs> you know uh and 
that same year, that's uh, that 1980 season uh, with the Eagles. Uh, you know, uh, Wilbur Montgomery running wild over uh, Dallas, just you yeah. know, it, it, they would do. And, and Jaws was quarterback, but uh, another yeah, one. Yeah, Harold Carmichael also. You're gonna probably hate this other team, which is another favorite. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so when no nah, man. I- I, I got nothing. I got nothing against the Raiders, man. I, I'm enjoying watching you guys implode right now. You know, who does a group huddle at the in, in the middle of Arrowhead, man? Hey, that's all right. You got me. You got me. Hey, hey, hey I mean, mean, I mean, it, it's a soccer man. But like after that performance, I deserve to be regulated, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I, I pretty much know. Uh, you know, because I'm a, a NFL historian and uh, just a sports buff outside of being an NFL historian, that uh, Philly, with my teams, there are a lot of ties. You know, there, there, there's a lot of ties. So uh, when it was uh, announced that, you know, you were coming on, I was like, oh, my God. I said, you ain't Philly. I mean, I love Philly. Uh, been there many times. Love the city. Um uh, the culture around it, it, it it's, it's just hype. It, it is what it is at, at the end of the day. Uh, and, and you got to respect yeah, it. You know, uh, it's tough. It's tough now. But. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, because I've been to Houston and I've been to California, like I visited Dodger Stadium, all that. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been, I was outside of Minute Maid Park during uh, when I went to Houston this past summer. But really, only in Philadelphia, where it's like, there's the Wells Fargo Center where both the Sixers and the Flyers play. Right across the street is exactly. where the play at Lincoln Financial Field. And right across the street is Citizens Bank Park. We're the only city that Yes. On that same strip, remember, it used to be the Spectrum, uh, uh, Vent, the Vent. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. We'll go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, but speaking of the vet, uh, that's pretty much how I became an Eagles fan. Uh, back then, they used to have uh, Philadelphia Eagle carnivals. So, like, my mom and my grandmother took me one to when I was younger. And one of the Philadelphia Eagles offensive linemen pretty much told, told me, uh, talked to me and told me the basis of how to play pool. So, it took time out of his day, about 15, 20 minutes, taught me how to play pool. I forget the offensive line name. I was only, like, seven, eight years old back then. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really didn't know that. My attention span wasn't that great, but uh, but ever since then, yeah, I've been a fan. I've been watching the team since uh, 1999. So pretty much every single snap that Donovan McNabb took here when Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I was there. When To was here, I was right. hyped. The one thing yeah, I asked my mom, yeah. mom I, one thing I asked my mom, I'm like, Mom, you can not give me anything else for Christmas. You got to get me that Eagles green To jersey. And I wore that everywhere won. after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but did you yeah, know that but listen, did you know that the vet had a holding cell beneath? Yeah. An actual jail yeah, cell. Was- because of the way y'all, y'all remind me of the, of the Oakland, the Oakland fan base. You, you, you oh, can yeah. come cheer for your team, <laughs> but don't get out of line with us. Don't get out of line with yeah. us. And listen, everybody always says, like, you know, Eagles fans or something else. I'm bro, here's the thing. If you come here as an opposing fan, bro, just sit back, watch the game. We don't bother you. It might be light banner, but here's the thing. 
many people try to come here and try to start fights with us. And that's where yeah. like the perception goes off. Okay. Try to start a fight with us. If you try to start a fight anywhere, you're gonna yeah. have a bad time. Yeah, more often than not, like my friend, she was a Bears fan. She came down for an Eagles Bears game, and I told her, I'm like, as long as you're not trying to start nothing, as long as you're not it, it, like agitating or like trying to provoke somebody, you're gonna be fine. And she told me, Eagles fans are cool, you know, they're dope. I'm like, I told you, as long as you're trying to go in there having a game, having a good time, bro, we're cool. And right. but I can't tell you this, like. A few like during the Eagles Super Bowl run, the NFC Championship game before uh, against the Vikings, mm-hmm. I was there at nine o'clock and I started drinking nonstop. And bro, that was probably <laughs> the most amazing thing <laughs> ever, man. Because Eagles fans were on a high right now, right? A high back then, they were handing out free beers to everybody. We was watching the uh, the Patriots and uh, uh, Jacks at NFC Championship game. We were just like, yo, so who are we gonna face in the Super Bowl? Right? It's like we knew. No doubt in our mind that we were going to go to the Super Bowl that year. Right, right. I remember when that. I re, I remember when that game came around. I was I was I, the Philly surprised me. I was thinking the, the Vikings were hot. You know they had Case Keenum at quarterback. They were hot. They had just you know barely beat a pretty good Saints team. I was expecting a close yeah. game. I rode with the Vikings on the road, but it seemed like after that turnover, the interception return. It seemed like the roof was blown off and Philly just stormed all the way through. I know that was definitely a great memory. Y'all got that yeah, thing definitely. done and beat Tom Brady them too. So, Yeah, and the biggest thing was is that Doug Peterson, he went to the vault. He saw uh, Nick Foles' best year was in 2013 when mm-hmm. he was in Chip Kelly's offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year he went 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, an MVP runner-up. He saw, you know, that RPO style is probably what's best suited for Nick. And that's exactly what they did after that foul, uh, during the second half of that Atlanta Falcons game and then on. And that's right. how Nick got hot. Right. And, but, you know, like, I can't tell you, man. Like, the Broad Street after the Super Bowl, like, after the strip sack, I'm like, bro, put your shoes on. We're going on Broad Street. Right. <laughs> and as soon as we last intercepted, I mean, that, that last incomplete, Everybody was going off. There was fireworks immediately right after the game. Gunshots were going off. Bro, Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mills was playing on every single block on Broad Street. Uh, and like, the best thing about it was that, you know, the police just was like, you know what, this is – we're not going to stop anything. There were people climbing the uh, – greased up. Uh, oh, yeah. like, it was an amazing time, man. Oh, yeah. I imagine so. I imagine so. I remember when – the Astros finally got it done, and Houston had just gone through a flood, you know, yeah. the, the year before. And it was down there just, you know, listen, they was they was turned up. Yeah, listen, listen, I was all, all, listen, all, all real talk, the cheating stuff aside, bro, I like the Astros. I like Jose Altuve. <laughs> I, 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 I like Garrett Cole when he was in, in, in Houston right. as opposed to him being overpaid in New York. So I, I, I like that. It's me, all like, that's, how, that's how you're supposed to build your team right. in baseball. That's the problem with the Phillies have now. Uh-huh. And honestly, it's like watching the Braves win a World Series and the Nationals won one, you know, last year also. It's like, y'all that's how you're supposed to build y'all your team, man. Yeah. Hey, to be honest with you, that's the whole NL. That's the whole NL East. Y'all are next. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Philly, I mean, yeah, 
you know, you had some glory years. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, those, those 80s and uh, a little bit of the 90s. And then they started to trend that way. And this is baseball, you know, baseball is, yeah. it's, yeah, you can go out there, you, you, you can buy a chip because there's no salary cap. But, uh, I mean, hey, everybody else in that division is getting done. Y'all might be next. Y'all yeah, might be yeah, but the problem is, is that the Nationals had homegrown talent. You know, they had the Juan Sotos, they had the Steven Stralsbergs. Even Atlanta, they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the year, but Freddie Freeman was still able to step up. They made that midseason deal for Matt Scherzer. The problem with the Phillies is, is that outside, we're trying to compensate because we don't have that good in terms of homegrown talent, so we're trying to make up with it, trying to get free agents. That's why we got JT Reed so that's why we got Bryce Harper, because our, our homegrown prospects aren't really panning out as much as what you're seeing, you know, like, like Houston is, like what Atlanta is, and like what Washington is. So right. that's why they're spending as much money as they did over the last three years to right. compensate for their lack of farm system. Like Alec Bone was supposed to be the next big thing. He got he's back in you know, AAA. Uh, Scott King paid a lot amount of money, uh, and he still hasn't panned out, and he's still down in AAA as well. Uh, right. Reese Hoskins, he, the guy's a home run hitter, but his right. average is like, at this point, he's like, who's that first base for Adam Dunn um, a few years ago? Yeah, I Dunn. mean, yeah. I mean, a, a high, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a power hitter, but in the same sense, I mean, the strikeouts just be killing, and it's like uh, the batting average. You, you barely above the uh, Mendoza line. Is you know that, that's that's not gonna get. It. That is not gonna get it by by uh, any stretch. Um, you know me uh, being a Dodger, and uh, initially uh, I was an Astro fan uh, growing up, but living in LA, I became that Dodger fan, and even though they win the. Uh, uh, NL West at the time, because you know, you only had four divisions, uh, two in each league. Uh, but then when that split happened and uh, Selig sent the, the throws, uh, right. to the AL West, I said, Hey, it's all great. Because see, when I grew up, the way I grew up, uh, there were no, there wasn't interleague play, so baseball was the only sport to where you can like two teams, but. My silly behind 10, because I would always come to Houston, and then out in L.A. that, hey, both my teams are in the same division. So, But now I can give that, and, and somebody that don't know the history of baseball, and I tell them, you know, there was, there was, you know, there was never always a, a interleague play. Now they have that. And, uh and I, I remember many rivals uh, with the Phillies as far as the Dodgers uh, uh, going back all the way to the 80s, uh, watching baseball since 84. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's many ties uh, to that city in, uh, in our history. Uh, how, how do you see the Eagles season playing out? Yeah. Well, we only got four games left. And all of them are in division. Washington is pretty much battered with injuries and COVID. But, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we had a real, like, a layup game against the Giants, and we fumbled that. 
So at this point, the Eagles control their own destiny. If they went out during the postseason. Right. And honestly, at this point, it's it, it they have house money right now. If they mm-hmm. make the playoffs, this group gets a bunch of experience, and Jalen Hurts definitely gets them uh, another audition for next season for 2022. Mm-hmm. And are, you Eagles- with, are you satisfied with Hurts? Are you satisfied with his play? Or personally, um, n- personally, no. But the reality is that I've never seen a quarterback go into a second year only playing like four games with a small sample size and mm-hmm. take over a team in the fashion that he did. Prop, uh, the team believes in him. The veterans believe in him. Like Lane Johnson, Kelsey, uh, Fletcher Cox, they have nothing bad to say about him. It's all about his leadership and, you know, getting results. Uh, personally, yeah. to me, um, if we have an op- opportunity to upgrade a quarterback in terms of getting a veteran in, uh, I wouldn't be mad at it. But, but, uh, but who would you bring in, though? Who would you bring uh, in? For, because for starters, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, the uh, quarterback takes the brunt of the blame. And so the thing yeah. about it is, uh, a lot of fans be like, oh, like I'm a Raider fan. So it's all about Derek Carr. And my question is, okay, so you get rid of Hurts. So who do you bring in? All right. Well, for starters, uh, <laughs> Sean Watson's off the table. I don't see that happening at all. Uh, Why not? Why not? Well, if it was one or two cases, okay, that that's something that, okay, maybe it's maybe it isn't what it seemed. But over 20, that's way too much. That's too many red flags. And what we have to trade in order to get him, it's not worth it. And if Goodell comes down after the trade and suspends him, then we're kind of stuck. We have an opportunity to, you know, improve, especially our defense. This is a really good defensive draft, and the Eagles need all the help on the back end that they can, that they can get. But I'm not touching Watson with a 10-foot pole right now with these allegations. Um <laughs> <laughs> Dang! No he said he's not touching Watson. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's not waving his no trade clause, and uh-huh. the worst case scenario for us is he waves it to the Giants and he goes there with Saquon Barkley and that offense. Right. And I'm just, we got to deal with that twice a year. But, I mean, but there's only there's only one quarterback. There's only one quarterback in the entire league right now that I would take next year as my starter over Jalen Hurts. If you can't get him, then just ride with Jalen Hurts. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Bad man. I don't care care how old he is to me. If Rodgers hits the market, think about it as Peyton Manning in 2013. And and the Eagles are kind of being the situation. They get into the playoffs with a young quarterback – but you have an opportunity to upgrade that and put yourself in a position for a Super Bowl window. And not right. to mention, Dante Adams is a free agent also this year. Right. That, that is, year. So if you get you know, it. If you, you, get you know, yeah. have a quarterback in college, right? Yeah. So if you get Aaron Rodgers, you could use that as like a bargaining chip to get Devontae Adams over here. You could. And imagine the offense with – you know, Devontae Adams taking the pressure off Devontae Smith was having a really good rookie year. You got Dallas Goddard. Mm. And, 
you know, you got a really good group of young running backs. And not to mention the price tag for Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be lower because Aaron Rodgers either can void his contract, but like also they got Jordan Love also. So right. they're probably going to rock with Jordan Love just to see what he has. So gotcha. Green Bay is going to be at a point where it's like, okay, if you're going to give us like a first round pick and like a third, you know, fine, you can have Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, like, that keeps your window – that opens up your window for a Super Bowl, you know, for at least the next three to four years. Right. And you're right. in the NFC East, which right. is a division where Aaron Rodgers be able to pick apart for, like, for like, for like the next few years. Right. Understood. Understood. I think um, that, that, that could be in the play. That could be in the works. Uh, depending on how the season ends in Green Bay, I think if, yeah. if they end up winning the chip – then I don't think they're going to let him up out of Wisconsin. But if he leaves, you know, and you can make a play for Adams or Aaron Rodgers, the Eagles could be they – could, they could be in business. Like you said, just went out and you got a chance to make the playoffs, you know, considering they did add the extra game. So it's not all bad out there. But I wanted to ask you um, about – the process, how's that going? The Ben Simmons situation. Oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just for the record, listen, it's December 15th now, so like 85% of the league is now eligible to get traded. So hopefully a deal gets done soon. But what people need to understand is that whatever compensation you get back for Ben Simmons, is going to help the Sixers right now because Ben Simmons isn't on the court. True. That's it. Man. That being said, I'm not taking like a Marvin Bagley and Buddy Hill for Ben Simmons. That doesn't <laughs> help. That doesn't help. <laughs> like even exchange. Well, somewhat of an even exchange, but. Gotcha. Uh, so do you want it, uh, Ben back or? or no, I don't, I don't want him back. No, I don't want him back. The, the, the biggest issue that I have with the process is it isn't the process itself. It was the execution. Because the way the NBA set up is that – Yeah, no. The, the way the NBA set up is that either one or two things could happen. Either you could be a prime free agent destination and you can put yourself in a position to get a LeBron James or like a Kevin Durant. The Sixers, no one's coming here to play. Uh, free agency-wise, no one's coming here to play. So the one thing you have to do is that you got to put yourself in a position to get young uh, superstar potential talent here. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that way you'll be able to develop them and, you know, be able to grow with the city. And to me, mm -hmm. they hit on Joel Embiid, even though it was about a complete accident. Because if Joel Embiid doesn't get hurt during the pre-draft, the Sixers get Andrew Wiggins instead. Right. So the, gotcha. my issue wasn't the process itself. It was the execution because – that three straight years we drafted centers. We drafted Nolan right. Well, then we drafted Joel, uh, uh, Ben, uh, not Ben, so uh, Joel Embiid. Then we drafted Jaleel before. Then the year, then the following year, we drafted Ben Simmons, six foot ten point guard that doesn't shoot. That's right. poor team construction. To me, if they would have, to me, if they would have listened to me, I wouldn't have touched Jaleel before during that draft. I would have mm -hmm. traded back, and I either would have gotten Kristaps Porzingis, you know, a guy that can play the four stretch. Right. Or I would have traded back and I would have got Devin Booker from Kentucky, who's a walking bucket. He was a walking well, bucket. Uh, now, now, Porzingis is, is injury prone. Uh, He's injury prone. Yeah, now, now I, I can get with you on the uh, Devin Booker. 
Devin Wilkins. Yeah, I didn't get with y'all now. That was some of the things. That was some of the things I was looking at when the Rockets was consistently falling short to the Golden State Warriors around the 17, 18 seasons. I was like, there's only so far you can go. You got a window. And what yeah. we did was we kept playing, we kept paying older stars to come join and the window had cleared the past. Harden comes in, he pulls this fiasco. We had to get him out of there. So if you fed up with Ben Simmons, I totally get it. I was fed up with James Harden. Sometimes it's it's, it's best to clear that cupboard and just start on over. Yeah. yeah. Why because the problem uh, is, is that they built for years is that when we got Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, they started building around Ben Simmons. Right. Yeah, as as to me as an insurance policy because Joel and me wasn't able to stay healthy. So Thanks. the thing is is that what you saw is that no matter who Joel and Beat has, he's gonna get his. Right. Ben Simmons needs a certain set of players. He needs guys like a JJ Reddick, he needs a Danny Green, he needs like an Al Horford who does who leaves the uh so that way Ben Simmons can operate in the paint. Right. And but that was the problem, is that you got two contrasting pieces, and when you build around one person, it kind of leaves the other one high and dry, which is what you're seeing from the Sixers now. This team is constructed, you know, to operate with Ben Simmons running at point guard. And right. now without him, it's Joel Embiid is pretty much has to do everything now and to make up for, you know, Ben Simmons not being there. Gotcha. So now for the first time, yeah, so now for the first time, uh, Ellen Brand, Daryl Morley, they got to build a, a proper team mm-hmm. around Ben Simmons. I'm not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. And the thing is that Joel Embiid doesn't can play with anybody. He shared a front court with Al Horford and Josh Richardson and still averaged 23 and 11. That's a lot. Facts, facts. Honestly, it's like my, my worst fear is that, like, you know this, like, you're a Rockets fan. It's like most of Hakeem's prime was was pretty much wasted up until the uh, end. I don't want that to happen with Joel. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Definitely understand that. Uh, I also want to ask you, man. I said, um, congratulations on uh, the Running Back Sports Show podcast. Uh, you hit your anniversary, is that correct? Yeah, two years. Yeah, two, two years. years two years. Been yeah. On the airways, man. Been on the airways. Checking you out. Checking you out. I appreciate. And I appreciate the love, you know, following up each other on, you know, the socials and, and, and spreading that love. Um, 98.5, you're up there at, uh, at, at WJYN. Mm-hmm. What made you get into the radio? I mean, what made you get into uh, particularly sports radio? Well, honestly, I've wanted to do this since I was a kid. Uh, right. And but uh, I've I grew up in Philly. I would go to barbershops. But before uh-huh. then, it's like when I would spend a night with my grandma or my grandparents. My, my grandfather would buy the paper. And the one thing that I would do like during with the paper is that I would go to the – it's like the back is always the sports section. So right. I would just read off all the stats and, like, all the news about, you know, the Eagles and the Sixers. And then as, like, a kid, I would go to the barbershop, and when the topic of sports comes up, because I was able to, you know, re- get the research and the knowledge, I was able to hold my own conversation with grown men. And they mm-hmm. were like, yo, man – you definitely go, man. You're definitely smart, man. You should probably, you know, pursue a career in like, you know, like covering sports. And ever since then, it's like, all right, cool. I'm that that's something I wanted to do. So I went to school, uh, Millersville University, Lancaster, PA, uh, okay. five years there for a communications broadcasting degree. And uh, 
Yeah, um, I got my degree. I got my first break up at uh, Germantown Radio. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the thing about the thing about communications. The communications. It's not about what you know; it's who you know. And uh, one of my friends, uh, their mom was one of the program directors up in Germantown. So they said they were looking for a sports show. So mm-hmm. uh, I spent uh, a year there. We mm-hmm. originally had a show called Thomas and Thomas. So like my old co-host uh, was Jamal Thomas, and like we have the same last name. So we did a show for uh, a year there. Uh, then we just parted ways. And uh, I took a little hiatus from radio. I left there. And my uncle, who's a station manager at uh, Uptown, uh, mm-hmm. he says, like, hey, I need a sports show if you're interested. I'm like, sure. So ever since uh, 2019, I've been doing a sports talk radio show. Even during the pandemic, I would come down to the station, right. even if I got to do it by myself. And I would just, you know, do that's, my show. That's dedication. That's dedication. He said, even if he had to do it by himself. I mean, uh, me and Marcus, me and Greasy, we've been knowing each other a long time, and we would just—it just—we just had we just had to get the gap when it came to sports. We would always gather at the lunch tables and just kind of recap the weekend. And the bell would ring, and yeah, you know the, the students were still kind of around, so we always had this kind of you know passion to want to do it. A couple months ago, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm about to start a podcast." So I called him. He said, "Let's do it." So we're babies in the game, but. We're definitely, you know, trying to learn the ropes, you know, and see what's going on. But I definitely, uh, definitely been checking out uh, Sports for the Culture. You know, y'all got a good thing going on. It's a smooth listen. So if y'all, you know, down with the podcast, be sure to check him out. Running Back Sports Show. You can catch him on yeah. Anchor FM 98.5. Nice station. And by the way, if you guys are in Mobile, Alabama in two months, I will be down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I do also work for a podcast company. It's called Inside the Hashes. Uh, I've been there for about four years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much a football review podcast. I used to be on the yep. NFL one. It's called uh, the Air It Out podcast. So okay. like we got media credentials. And because uh, my CEO, he's like good friends now with uh, Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl. So we got media credentials uh, for mm-hmm. like the past two years now for the Senior Bowl. And uh, I'm going back for my second trip. So. I'm going to be down there. I'm going to be seeing uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, a couple of the Alabama boys, uh, Nakia Dean from Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, watching them live. So you guys are in Mobile. I'll, I'll definitely uh, keep you updated with, uh, you know, some tweets and uh, updates. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'll follow you. I'll check you out. I think I'll follow you on just about every page. So I saw you actually last year when you were out there. And I remember you actually gave me a call. Uh, to call the radio station, so you know you want to talk yeah. some Houston sports. I was stuck at work, and we kind of connected from here. Uh, like I said, man, anytime, man. Um, I would love to, you know, have you back on, man, and maybe we can do some networking and, and link up together. Maybe we can jump on your podcast and just, you know, spread the love. It's gonna be in Mobile, Alabama, but it's nice to see a young brother out there following his passion, man. It really is. Yeah, definitely. Odd. Yeah, honestly, I, I I thought I wouldn't be able to do any of this like a few years uh-huh. ago. But now, uh-huh. I told myself, I'm like, listen, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, I'm not letting anybody stop me. That's the mindset you have to have. That's exactly, that's the mindset you have to have. You have to have that mindset that this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, this there is no option B. There is no option B. And the thing is, with podcasting and with radio, it opens up so many other 
uh, roads that you can take through it. This is just, you know, I feel like this is just the beginning. What we want to do with our podcast and reaching out to radio stations and stuff like that. I mean, we've got foundations set up. Uh, we're looking into grant writing. We're looking into, you know, assisting kids with getting their videotapes out to some of the JUCOs. You know, uh, we did get a stunner earlier that, you know, the top recruit in 2022 is choosing Jackson State over Florida State. So we want to be able to reach those that are disenfranchised, you know, through the radio, through podcasts, and let them know, you know, kind of be a mentor as well. It's just a, it's just a great way to, to reach, you know, the disenfranchised. Absolutely. Uh, that's the way I see it. And like I said, I have that mentality as well. Like, my baby in it, I don't know too much, but I'm learning as I go with it. Nothing's going to stop me. So, man, yeah, it's just nice. Listen, you, listen, you learn, listen, you learn everything new every single time you do an episode. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By, by the way, Greasy, I got to ask you this question, man. What's up, man? <laughs> uh, are, you, are, are you over to Khalil Mack trade now? Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I get this question a lot. And I've been over to trade because uh, even whenever we had Khalil, uh, this Raider defense was still ranked bottom 20s. There's only 32 teams in the league. And this defense was still, even that 2016 campaign, this defense, last time we had a good defense or, or, or just something somewhat significant, maybe 02 or, or, uh, or 05 when we had Ozenwall, who eventually left and jetted for the Eagles. But no, uh, Khalil Mack, actually, I, I think we've won that trade. Uh, Look at all the assets, even though we lost the asset, Ruggs, uh, who was just coming to his own. And uh, I just wish the yeah. best for the young man. And uh, out of that draft, uh, you know, we got the Max Crosby. Now, Cleveland Farrell, he wore a little thin on me. He's not producing. Uh, you got to go. Uh, yeah. You know, we got Josh Jacobs. He, he's on that thin ice with me. And I, I think he got to go, too. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but all in all, the thing about it is, I'm not mad at Khalil Mack. You know who I'm upset with? I'm upset with his age. But a simple fact, uh, the state tax of Illinois, if you had, you left the Raiders over a $1 million difference. Had you stayed in Nevada, or Nevada, should I say, there's no tax. There's no tax. Those eight games you play. So, Khalil, I'm going to need for you to fire your agent. But, hey, I'm happy to tell you know, Chicago hasn't really did anything. I mean, uh, minus that first year. But your agent should have been more, uh, more aware or, should I say, cognizant because this team was eventually uh, moving. There was a deal set up in place with Vegas. And when uh, – Coach Gruden came in. All you had to do was return a phone call. Yeah, you wanted me. See, I, I understand we could get injured, this and that, but sometimes, just like Teddy Bridgewater, I, I speak on him a lot. Sometimes hmm. uh, good things come to those who wait. Facts. If you just wait. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, coming from the areas people like us come from that look like us, uh, we want that instant money. We we got we got to have it now. So yeah. 
sometimes you know you you just pray about it and, and, and you keep on your skill and, and you believe in yourself mm-hmm. um, it will come it'll come you know it'll, it'll come. come and uh khalil hey i hope you enjoy that state tax in illinois <laughs> <laughs> Man. I don't know, man. Considering ever uh, ever since you guys moved to Vegas, man, the, the, the Raider, the Raider people been acting crazy, man. I don't. Henry Rollins, Damon Arnett, man, don't, don't. They've been crazy, y'all. I did not want this team to move there. Uh, I think uh, 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 Alameda County should have got something done. See, oh, they should have got something done to where this team stays here, even though. If you uh, follow the history of the Raiders, uh, you know, they're pirates. Pirates don't have a home. Hmm. And to go from Oakland to L.A., back to Oakland to Vegas, I'm going to be 100 and I'm going to give hope to all Raider fans. They'll be back in Oakland. Back in Oakland. They'll back, be back in Oakland. I mean, history, those who forget the history are doomed to repeat. Makes sense to me. You know. But y'all do got sense. one of the flyest stadiums in the league, though. Man, hey, hey, Chris, man, you know what that you know what our stadium looked like? Uh hold on, hold on a second. I got it right here. It cleans your floors. The, the, the little remote back here. I'm gonna get the Raider Stadium real quick. Everybody hold on. <laughs> He's gonna go get it. He's gonna go check out everything that he got to check the out. There it is right there. Oh man. I, I wrote my line. This is the Raider Stadium. Am I lying? Hold on. That's it. Is this not the Raiders Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. That's it. That's it. That's it. And well, then, then the thing don't clean worth the I'm just saying, it's an upgrade than like the share of the baseball stadium, like y'all used to. Right. But that's the beauty of it. Uh, I'm a firm believer in tradition. Like the Bears, that they just redid Soldier Field. Packers redid uh, their home digs and uh, okay. Well, that, that you seen that? Great, you seen that uh, turf one? Uh, where at? Uh, the turf where at? Uh, for Vegas? Oh no, Soldier Field. I mean, like, yeah, they had to redo that field. Everybody kept getting hurt. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, they got the grass in there. You know, they got the natural surface. And, and I, I'm a firm believer football should be played outdoors because what kills me is you have all these teams down south, uh, Cowboys, Texans, and Saints, and it, 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 even the Cardinals. Why, why uh, Falcons? Why y'all playing indoors, man? Come on, man. Come on, get back on the grass. Right, football is supposed to be football is supposed to be played outside in the element. Yeah. It's supposed to be played outside in the element. But this got a dome. That would have been a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, been a whole different set of problems. Whole different set of problems. But Christopher, it's been a pleasure having you on, my man. We're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. Like I said, that's WJYN ninety eight point five. He's up in Philly. The Running Back Sports Show. Check him out on the podcast. That is Sports for the Culture. It's been a pleasure, my man. Look forward to working with you again. Don't forget to check us out. Just Noise, Doc M. Greasy. Segments with King Dre and TB the Poe Man. You can catch us on Spotify and Anchor FM, Google and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts.